Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Driving to uh, driving to Lafayette to uh, to rage with the Cajuns. Well, that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you. What the heck do you do now that we have an off week? And Because um, Nick Saban says they'll prep for LSU next week, so I assume that's what we'll do too. Uh, so I don't really got anything to do. Well, I, I think that's what I'm doing in the off week. I'm going to Lafayette where uh, we defeated – we defeated in Lafayette the southwestern Louisiana Raging Cajuns in 1990 by score. We scored 18 points on six Philip Doyle field goals. So I'm going to uh, Lafayette to uh, to honor Philip Doyle. That's what I'm doing. That wasn't 1990, though, was it? It was 90. Yep. What? I'm going. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, feel free. Feel free to hit the Google button. Yeah, it was I'm- 1990. Uh, Stallings' first year, we scored 18 points. <laughs> Why we I, were playing I, in Lafayette is just beyond me, but we did. I think we did a three for one with them or something like that. But that and, was uh, yeah, now because Steve Sloan set that up. I remember it because it was one of the dumbest things we've ever done. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to see. Can you imagine here. Alabama playing in Lafayette now? That would never I happen mean, in a billion kajillion years. I mean, so it's just so dumb. I mean, why the hell would we do that? Um, but I'm it was trying a three to three for I, one, I, if I remember. Yeah, I think you're right, and I'm trying to find out where exactly that if that I, game, I thought it was more like eighty something, but maybe you're uh, right. no, it was 1990 because it was Doyle that kicked the field goals, so that would make it 87, 88, 89, or 90, and then 89. Our offense was too good with Gary Hollingsworth. That Gary Hollingsworth, yeah, Homer Smith offense, we scored a bunch of points, so it was 90 when we stopped scoring points, but we did win the game. And, uh, man, that Doyle was good. No, you're right. And, I mean, it just didn't – I guess for whatever reason – you're right, it was at – well, at the time they were called Southwest Louisiana, of course. Yeah, and, Southwestern um, Louisiana. That's right. And we won – we actually won 25-6 to six according to – Oh, uh, so we actually scored a touchdown somewhere in there? Phillip did what? kick six field goals. I, I knew didn't remember that, that we scored a touchdown, that. too. Why don't we just um, go ahead and say, and since no one else remembers it, why don't we say that Phillip Doyle kicked six field goals – and scored a touchdown on a fake field goal. It's not true, but it's fun to say. And, that, and people will be like, wow, that's incredible. And they heard it here on Locked On Bama. Yeah, and really, I mean, if it's anything like me, it's tough to go back and find anything about this game. So they're like, we're going to have to take their word for it. Exactly. Um, that's that's what happened, people. Uh, Philip Doyle kicked six field goals and uh, scored a touchdown on a fake field goal. Well, there's a lot to digest, and maybe not all of it is necessarily directly related with Alabama, but I will say this yesterday, Jimmy, I hate that you couldn't be there, but we did a podcast and if you hadn't checked it out, you should, um, your boy Q who I still don't know his first name. That's what he told me to call him. Your boy Q who does a podcast for the Oakland Raiders through the lockdown network. Like him already. Yeah. He joined me to talk about Josh Jacobs and Kenny Stabler and AJ McCarron, who had a cup of coffee with the Raiders and Amari Cooper and Rolo McLean. Um, it was just really, really cool to talk to him. And um, he's actually based out of Houston, uh, which was a little odd. Huh. But we talked about the move to Vegas uh, coming up next year and all that cool stuff. So go check out the Locked on Bama podcast from Wednesday, 1030. Um, this is 1031 or Halloween. I have to go uh, trick-or-treating. With- this is our Halloween podcast. That's right. 
is scary. I have to go uh, Halloween <laughs> trick-or-treating with my three-year-old who has decided she wants to be a rainbow cat for Halloween. The ever-popular rainbow cat. Yeah, it's a thing. I mean, so yeah, a rainbow a, a, cat, that's a thing? I mean, that's like a show or a doll no, or something? No, it's I mean, just it's a, just something she's making up. No, she made it up. I mean, it's... And, Your three-year-old you know, made that up? Because that's really cool for a three-year-old just to totally make up. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so she's like, I want to be a cat, but I also want to be a rainbow. Correct. So I'm going to be a it, rainbow cat. Correct. Heck, when you said and, it, I thought it was like a show on Nickelodeon or something. So Now, now that you say that, patent pending. Um, <laughs> You're right. You should do so, that. So let's talk about a few things going on that you know, are sort of on the periphery of Alabama football. First and foremost, I want to talk about this Joey Gatewood leaving Auburn thing, which he has decided to bolt. And um, it is a huge story because, frankly, uh, you know, I I live in the heart of Auburn country, and I can tell you most Auburn fans believe Joey Gatewood was a better fit for the offense. I've always been a big Bo Nix fan because I saw him – win two state championships with Pinson Valley. I got to see him up close and personal at the Alabama All-Star Game uh, with uh, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game, I should say. And I think he's going to be fine. However, it's there's no secret, and it's quite obvious he has not played well against the better competition, even against Oregon. He had a pretty less-than-mediocre game until the final drive. And, um, you know, maybe – maybe Joey Gatewood was the better fit and maybe it would have been good for Joey Gatewood to start. I don't know. But now I think Auburn is certainly in a lurch because they have Bo Nix, who's a true freshman, doesn't play well against good competition. And the backup quarterback is a guy named Cord Sandberg, who is two and a half years right. younger than I am. <laughs> he's a uh, he's a former baseball player. And by former Correct. baseball player, I mean uh, a retired baseball player in his mid-30s. Or I doubt he, actually mid thirties. He, he played in the nineteen eighty six World Series. <laughs> yeah, trivia question. Yeah, who I picked think up it's, it's the a ball that story because we who picked up the ball that ran through Bill Buckner's legs? It was Cord Sandberg. Who picked? <laughs> See, boy, we are educating the listeners today between our Philip Doyle fake field goal story and that they're uh, they're walking out of this podcast knowing some uh, some. Uh, some very little known factoids like that. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, I think Gatewood leaving Auburn is a really big story because obviously we play Auburn at the end. Who knows? Who knows if Bo Nix will be healthy in game 12? And then then what do they do? Obviously have, have to play this old baseball guy. Uh, so it's a big story whenever the number two quarterback leaves any SEC school. The fact that it's Auburn makes it even bigger. In terms of them playing the wrong quarterback, I mean, I guess it's easy for fans to say that right after – you know, you know, their loss, uh, you know, to LSU. Uh, and I know Bo Nix didn't play well at LSU. He didn't play well at Florida. No, he didn't play well in that opener against Oregon. But I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I think this just comes from the summer of overhype when, when fans typically overhype their team and their players. They do it over the summer. And, and I think Auburn fans crazily thought Bo Nix would, would, would be a freshman impact quarterback in the same vein that Tua was at Alabama or Jalen Hurts was at Alabama or that Trevor Lawrence or at Clemson, Jake Fromm at Georgia. And I guess Auburn fans wanted to lump Bo Nix into that class of freaks. And it's just A, silly, and B, completely unfair to the kid. 
and uh, because Auburn doesn't have the supporting cast that all those those other guys had. So I, I've, I've seen what I've seen from Bo Nix myself. I'm really impressed with, and that's because I'm looking at a true freshman that's probably playing before he should. And the reason he's playing before he should is because obviously Gus Malzahn didn't think Joey Gatewood was was going to be better. So I think it's just typical backup quarterback syndrome where the Auburn fans, you know, uh, were so looking forward to seeing Bo Nix. Now they've seen him play. They've confirmed he's not Patrick Mahomes. So so now they want to see the backup uh, and, and who's leaving. So I, I, I just – I doubt Joey Gatewood is fantastic or I think Gus will be playing Joey Gatewood. No, I'm right there with you. I get what you're saying. I, however, I do also understand where Gatewood's coming from and understand where the angst is coming from from the fans because you look at Auburn's offense, especially against – I mean, even against uh, Oregon for that matter, but especially against Florida and LSU where one – their one touchdown against Florida comes after Florida had a unbelievably bad fake punt. And it's a one play drive, a deep pass to uh, Seth Williams for a touchdown. And then another one of their touchdowns against LSU of their two touchdowns. The first one comes from a muffed punt. The second one comes late in the game when LSU is playing soft because they have a double digit lead. So if I'm an Auburn fan, I'm looking at this and going, Hey, this quarterback is not making scoring drives for us in games involving big opponents against Mississippi State yeah we're ripping it up Uh, but you know and here's the other thing now if Gus Malzahn really and he keeps saying this in press conferences that he wants his quarterbacks to be running quarterbacks well now can you really have Bo Nix be a running quarterback can you risk that knowing that your backup is a guy that's never played before well not since the 1986 World Series um I mean Little known fact, he was at the Alabama Southwest Louisiana game too, um, as a vendor. He was. He was. He was a Walmart greeter uh, in the morning, and then <laughs> and then went to the game in Soul Coast and in, uh, in Lafayette, nineteen ninety. He did. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope Bo Nix. I mean, I think Bo Nix has played fine. Here's the thing: to the Auburn fans that think that the offense isn't scoring because of Bo Nix. I think that's partly true because Bo Nix hasn't played great against good competition. That, that's a that's a true fact. Here's another true fact to Auburn fans. Name the Auburn offensive player. Name the Auburn offensive player that will one day be drafted in the first three rounds of the draft. The first three rounds. Maybe the Schwartz kid that, that runs the, the 4-2-40. Maybe him because he's, he's fast as hell. And, and, and that does earn you a lot of NFL points, although he's not a super skilled guy. But he can run like the win. So maybe Schwartz. Any other guys in the first Prince three Tega? rounds? Maybe the tackle. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe the tackle, Prince Tega, who's not going to be a first-round pick, I don't think. I don't think he's played like a first-round pick. Although I can see maybe second or third round, maybe second round for Prince Tega. Okay. So we got a, a fast guy, maybe, and maybe the left tackle in the second round. Anything else? So it just seems to me that Bo Nix, as a true freshman, being asked to take average SEC talent and score a bunch of points on the road in Baton Rouge and on the road in Gainesville is just, as usual, you know, fans just asking for too much. I mean, uh, that's just too much to ask. 
No, I, I agree with you. Um, but it's it, it it's the day and age we live in, and it's also it immediate. It's immediate gratification. It's immediate gratification de- demands uh, by the fans and by the players because this is what Joey Gatewood is essentially saying. Because frankly, even as an Alabama fan, and I enjoy watching the tire fire, um, you know, there is part of me that goes, "Hey, Joey." At least, why don't you just stick it out the rest of the year and see what happens? Yeah. Now, I could I could make the case that if I'm Joey Gatewood, I'm like, look, why do I want to stay when I know I'm not going to be here and um, my heart's not in it? And all I can probably do with my heart not being in it and my passion not being there is go out there and play bad enough to where I don't get to transfer somewhere I want to go or risk getting injured. I guess that's what yeah. he's thinking. I guess I, I'm not a big fan of it all. I mean, I'm I'm old school Saban. Imagine that. My uh, thoughts on this kind of shaped by Nick Saban. When we had a quarterback, Blake Barnett, leave in the middle of the season, who at the time he left was the, the number two quarterback. Uh, you know, when he left, uh, I was upset about that. I, I I think I understand putting yourself first. You only got one career. You only got your 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 five years to play four. Uh, I, I get all that, and I'm not saying that Joey Gatewood is, is subservient to the Auburn football program because at one point he chose to play there. But uh, I, I'm just old school about it. I don't like walking out on your teammates. I, and I would say the same thing. I did say the same thing when it was Blake Barnett. Uh, I, I wasn't, like, angry or, or calling Blake Barnett, you know, an enemy of the people. Uh, but but with Joey Gatewood leaving Auburn, I'd say, you know, you, you owe it to your teammates. You're, you're a team. You're still on the team. The team doesn't need the number two quarterback to walk out. Bo Nix could get hurt against Ole Miss on Saturday. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I just uh, – I don't like it. I, I think he should – it's fine if you want to leave. Fine, fine. T- tell the coaches I'm leaving. Ask tell the coaches, but I'm free to, for lack of a better term, negotiate with other schools. I'm free to be recruited by other schools. I will stay if you let me enter the portal. And, and it seems to me that would satisfy everything. I, so I don't understand walking on your, your team. And, 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 of course, we didn't have a portal back in the Blake Barnett uh, decision, you know, three years ago in 2016. But, uh, yeah, I just don't like it. Uh, you, you have teammates. You have friends. And, uh, and the team needs you. So I don't like it. But, you know, good luck to the kid. We'll see where he ends up. Uh, if we're going to guess like it would matter to us at Alabama, I think a lot of guesses will be Florida State uh, for Gatewood. But frankly, uh, if, if I'm a Gatewood's agent, we know that I'm not. Uh, I, I would encourage him to look at some of the other uh, mid-level Florida schools, Central Florida, South Florida. Uh, I'll tell you what, FAU is a pretty good spot for him. Uh, for as much as we make jokes about Lane Kiffin and stuff like that, and who knows if Lane's still going to be there, but Lane Kiffin's a hell of a quarterback coach. I mean, Lane Kiffin will coach you up. So if I'm Joey Gatewood and I just want to go play, heck, go play for Lane. How about that? Joey Gatewood playing for Joey Freshwater. I like it. <laughs> There's the headline and, and, of the podcast. And I'll tell you something else. Joey Gatewood speaking of Joey Speaking Freshwater. of Lane Kiffin, <laughs> something that Lane Kiffin probably, you know, he, he may have taken advantage of this great offer from the folks at Roman, a men's health company. They're changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash NFL. Again, I don't know how I'm making these transitions. They just... Right, your segues. I mean, you're segues. You're one day going to be in the Segway Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, you gave me the opening there. The good folks at uh, 
the good folks at Ronin should get should buy you a Segway. Frankly, I dig it. Um, and, and uh, a free Lane pack Kiffin, of swipes. And, 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 yeah. Good thing Lane Kiffin's a fan of the show. I'm sure, he's I'm sure he's uh, sure he enjoyed that. I'm sure he he look. I bet you that Lane Kiffin has taken advantage of these Roman offers. There's no doubt about that. Um, okay. So let's talk about this name like this and image thing from the NCAA now, yes. because uh, you're a lawyer or a law talking guy, as Lionel Hutz once said. <laughs> law talking um, guy. Love it. So here, Jimmy, here's my thing on this. Okay. It's sort of like when the Senator was asked about pornography, he doesn't really know how to define it, but he knows he knows it when he sees it. This is, that's kind of how I feel about this. I don't like it because I'm a college guy at heart. I, I right. would love to believe it's sort of like in marriage. I mean, you're, you're a, again, you're a lawyer. So, you know, about 50 to 52% of marriages end in divorce. But as a society, we like to think of marriage as being all oh, this, this just bastion of true love. And really it's usually not like that. It's usually like two people and they're like, you're as screwed up as I am. Let's see if we can make this work. Oh, we probably can't. Okay. Let's get divorced and let's try it again with somebody else. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I like to think of college as a place where kids go because they love Tuscaloosa or they love Ann right. Arbor or they love um, Ames, Iowa or whatever. And frankly, they just, most of them, right now let's tell the truth are coming to Alabama because they're like, Nick Saban's going to get me ready for the next level. And I want to, I'm going to be on TV a lot because I'm at Alabama and I'm going to win a lot of rings. It's not necessarily because of Tuscaloosa being a, an awesome college town and because they have an undying affection for the university of Alabama. So having now that I know that I just, I still like the belief of it. So I'm scared that what's going to happen now with, with, and the NCAA has basically said, okay, yeah, you're probably going to be able to have some agents. We don't know how this is going to work, but you're probably going to be able to have agents and you're going to be able to make money from various sponsors. Um, I agree with all that. I think that's the right thing to do. I just still don't like it for some reason. Well, change is scary. Uh, I think, you know, we're all huge fans of college football. Anybody listening uh, to to our podcast, I mean, you're obviously a big, big fan of college football. And it's scary when there's going to be change, particularly when you're talking about, uh, you know, a sea change. I mean, this, this changes everything. I mean, it turns the sport to some extent upside down. Now, maybe it improves it. Maybe things will be great. Maybe things will be more fair. And, and, and you know, I have so many thoughts about it. And my first thought is good for the players. I, I, I'm, I'm for the players. I, I, I agree that in this billion-dollar industry, I'm not sure that the players get their fair share. Uh, the players are the ones that are not only uh, – not only do they treat playing college football like it's a full-time job, it is. Those guys put in their full 40 hours a week. It is a full-time job to play college football at the highest level. Um, and, and they're barred from working. There's a rule that says if you're an NCAA college athlete, you cannot work a job while you're in school enrolled and on your scholarship. So for those reasons alone, it justifies uh, the players getting some level of of cash in their pocket uh, in addition to their scholarships. So I'm not against Tua, uh, for lack of, a, of just an example of, of a college football player, I'm not against Tua 
uh, being able to profit off his name, image, and likeness. I'm glad for Tua. Uh, it's something that uh, he works very hard for, and it is a little silly that that there are businesses in the United States right now that would love to give Tua some money so he can be the face of their product, but they can't do it because of rules that we made in the 1930s. So I, 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 I'm so for those reasons alone, I'm happy for the players. My concern is, as it was with the redshirt rule that I'm about to bring up, my concern is unintended consequences. By making this rule, by allowing the players to do this, what are going to be the consequences? I can think of a few things that scare me, but what scares me most are the things I, I have not thought of. And, and trust me, there's going to be a lot of that all the time. So the unintended consequences scare me. And, and for those that go, well, you know, that's just fear-mongering, unintended consequences that you can't even name. How scary can that be? Well, I'll tell you this. When they passed the redshirt rule, when they passed the redshirt rule just two years ago that says, okay, uh, now, now you can play in four games. You can play in four games and still redshirt. That was a massive rule change. It really was. I mean, that's a massive rule change that everybody can play in four games and still redshirt. And that sounded like a good idea, right? It sounded like, wow, that's something we're doing for the players. Uh, that's something that the kids can stay in school longer and graduate. And, and now freshmen don't have to just sit on the bench all year. Freshmen can actually play in some games and play in front of their parents and not spend an entire year uh, sitting on the sidelines. That sounds like a great rule, right? Well, who thought that at the time they did that, that two years later, the University of Houston would get off to a one and uh, a two and two start and their star quarterback goes, well, you know what? Two and two, this wasn't the start we're playing and I'm just not going to play again the rest of the year. And then the star receiver says, well, if he's not going to play, I'm not going to play either. I'll come back and play next year. Uh, who thought that the rule would be used like that? And it's not illegal for Derek King not to play any more games. It's not illegal for Houston to do what they're doing. They're just aggressively, aggressively enforcing the rule. And and who would thought that we would use the rule for fourth-year seniors to get a fifth year? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone envisioned that when they passed this rule. It's an unintended consequence. And and and, and it, it frankly, it screwed the other kids at Houston. It really no, did. If you're right. a senior, if you're a senior player at Houston and your Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback just goes, you know what, screw this, I'm not gonna play, I'll play next year. Now this kid, he won't get to play in a bowl game. He's gonna lose seven or eight times when he had a good team. His senior year of college is ruined. And and who who signed up for that? And it's really a shame that Houston's administration is allowing it, frankly, even though it's not illegal. It's not illegal. They're not doing anything that they're not allowed to do within the rules. So when you say things like, oh, it's not illegal, it's now allowed by the rules, well, where is the name, image, and likeness rule going to take us? Because no. we've already seen how all the, and the portal, the transfer portal, that, that has definitely been abused. It's definitely been abused. It's not what they, it's not what they envisioned it to look like. You know, when, when the idea was made, the ideas are made to benefit the players and then the smart people figure out how to totally take advantage of it. And boy, is this thing going to be taken advantage of in ways right now that we can't even dream of. No, that's absolutely right. And a couple of points about what you're saying was to stop just everybody from one team going, you know, uh, what if every 
somebody who had not taken a red shirt at Auburn had said, you know, our schedule is so difficult this year, but next year, instead of Florida, we play Kentucky at home. And instead of Oregon, we got North Carolina. So I'm thinking, let's all red shirt. What if, what if everybody that can just decides to red shirt? I, mean, I guess there's nothing that can stop there's that. Nothing from that happening. can stop that. That's right. um, so, so that's a scary proposition. And secondly, you're absolutely right about the unintended consequences, because this is something I've always maintained about horror movies that, um, for instance, Jaws, the scariest scenes in Jaws, which is my favorite movie of all time, are when you don't see the shark. When you right. have to imagine the shark, you're like, oh, my God, I'm not sure what this damn thing looks like. But it it's but a music. badass. Yeah, they and play the music that music is- and they play the music and then you, you but you don't know that the shark's there. You just hear the music. And then the stupidest part of Jaws, which is still my favorite movie of all time, is when you see the shark and it kind of climbs on the boat and you're like, okay, that's yeah. totally a mechanical shark named Bruce. <laughs> And um, (laughs) that's totally mechanical. And, you know, if you hadn't seen that part, though, and you had just seen uh, Quint trying to, like, stay on the boat and and but never seen the shark or never seen the teeth or anything like that, man, you'd be like, oh, my God, what is getting him? And in my head, it's a it's a shark with tarantulas for teeth, you know, and and that that's scarier than what it actually was. So my point is, we can't even imagine what's going to happen with this rule and that's what that's exactly what scares me and you're right smart people every time you try to make a rule for instance they always had these Sabin rules if you remember well you can't do this okay Sabin says okay i can't do the bump rule i'll just video conference okay you can't video conference okay i'll telegram i'll i'll send out a hologram of myself to every recruit (laughs) how about that and you know every time because the smart people are always one step ahead that's why the rich always get richer because they know what to do. They didn't get rich because they're stupid. That's why Jeff Bezos is like, oh, uh, you know, I lost $11 billion yesterday. Okay, I'll make $12 billion tomorrow. No big whoop. I mean, that's how it works out. Um, so, okay, Jimmy, let's talk about yep. something else here. Let's talk, bounce around a little bit. First of all, uh, let's talk about Jim Farmer getting busted for uh, in a human trafficking ring. I mean, yeesh. I know it's not exactly what he was doing. It sounds like he was yeah. soliciting prostitution. Worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing where you're busted literally for something awful. You're busted for something awful where he's uh, soliciting a, a, a prostitute on the on the internet. So that's awful, and now that's in the press, and then they charge you with something that sounds infinitely worse than that. <laughs> It really is. It's a rider to a bill. You know, it's like, I want to pass a law that gives free food to everybody that's starving. And somebody goes, okay, I want to add a rider to that bill. Also free pornography for everybody in America, rider to that bill. And you're like, oh my God, I don't want that attached to my good bill. You know, this is, this is Jim, Jim Farmer may have gotten lumped in with a human trafficking ring. Human Trafficking of minors, human but, trafficking of minors. It's like Jim Farmer is one of the bad guys and taken. Yeah, I know it's it's <laughs> it's it scary, like. and and I hate to be this this way about it, but on the heels of what was just a, a horrifically sad event with this cupcake McKinney thing in Birmingham, Gosh, where everybody just all of a sudden the human trafficking uh, idea right. came a lot more to light. I, I mean, it's never a good idea to be in human trafficking, but like right now, I mean, on the heels of that, I mean, they're going to, 
and I don't blame people. Whatever he did, if his name's associated with that, they're going to throw the book at him. And, you know, I feel that's a go to jail. I'm I'm not a a criminal defense lawyer. It's not kind of my specialty. But uh, uh, I think uh, when you're charged with human trafficking of minors, uh, that's a jail thing. It should be. That's probably not a five hundred dollar fine. That's a that's that's a go to jail thing. So well, here's Jimmy. Crazy. Have... Uh, Jim Farmer's had those strange. It's not just oh. this. This is obviously the low point because you can't get any lower than than uh, than you know. Like I said, being a bad guy in the Taken movies, you can't, you can't be any lower yeah. than that. But man, what a what a weird odyssey it's been for Jim Farmer since he was a star a star at Alabama in 1987, and then then played for five years in the NBA, I believe. And he also he a, played for like the Birmingham Bandits, I think, when they had a pro team for like ten minutes. He and was then he's a also first been like, round pick. Yeah, he was by the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, and yep. and he also uh, he also was like a country singer, and then I think a Christian country. He came singer. to a party at my apartment when I was in college. Wow, I didn't know him personally, but and uh, and he was already he had graduated a year or two before, so he was actually in the NBA. Uh, at the time, and, uh, and we had a big party at my uh, college apartment uh, with a lot of athletes uh, that were there from uh, from the uh, you know a, a lot a lot of athletes were there, and I, and I assume that's why because I didn't know Jim and I, I didn't really know, have any friends that knew Jim. But uh, uh, I, I, was, I shut the door to the to the place. That's how I know what happened. I shut the front door to my place. Uh, and apparently right when I shut it, it was right in somebody's face. Like I didn't mean to do that because I shut the door and then within a half a second, there's a knock on it. And I'm like, holy crap. I think I just shut the door in somebody's face and opened up and it's Jim Farmer. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, oh, hey, hey, uh, Jim acting like, you know, like I knew him. And uh, and he asked for, you know, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're in here. They're in here. Come on in. And uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> my, my brush. That's my brush with the uh, human trafficker and minors. Jeez. That's uh yeah, so, but, yeah, but don't, you know, yeah, I wouldn't every, put that on your resume. I mean, come on. Um, but, <laughs> but who no, knows? He's also thing. innocent until proven guilty. Also, let's let's, let's remember true, that. True, and true. He's alleged, but, alleged. Okay. Right now. now, having said that, um, going back to the Cupcake McKinney thing for a second, I have a three-year-old daughter now, and I mean, it just my heart hurts so oh, much God. for that. And then, then to see this, and look you got to put your crimson glasses down and say, man, yeah, yikes, man. I don't know what to tell you here. Um, I was hoping he would get his life together. I knew he had some other problems at some point. He had point. cancer? Didn't he have cancer? Yeah, I Gosh, think dang, so. Man. He did. I think he had cancer. As a matter of fact, I know he did. He had, he had cancer. I can't remember uh, what, uh, what type. And obviously he, he, he cured it or it's in remission or whatever. Uh, but wow. What a story. Um, it is, it's, uh, you know, keep keep up to date on that one. We probably won't report on it very much. Um, but I want to tell you a quick story. You, so you talked about slamming the door in somebody's face, or Jim Farmer's face when he came to a party. Um, there was an Auburn offensive lineman whose name escapes me, and I was trying to Google it just a second ago, but I, I mean, like, my memory's shot now, all the damn ambient. But um, <laughs> so uh, he, I was at a party with him uh, in Auburn, like in 1987 or 88, and, you know, he was, he was, gosh, he was an all SEC guy. And he was just talking to me. He's like, oh, you're an Alabama fan, you know, and he was sort of ragging me about that. And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, I said, I, but right now, I guess I'm just a big, big Derek Thomas fan. He's kind of all we got. He was like, Derek Thomas isn't worth a shit. And I, I was like, wow, really? And, you know, wow. I, wow. I what, a horrible, what, what a really dumb opinion for somebody that yeah. reports to play football. 
And he said, he said, he's not going to be anything at the next level. I'll never forget that. I can't believe I've forgotten his name, uh, but I'll, I'll remember it for the next he was, podcast. He was, a, he, was he an offensive lineman at Auburn at the time he said that or a former yeah. offensive lineman? No, he was at the time. I mean, and his name started with an S. You know, oh, by the way, on the podcast, we could Rob, 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 no, his first name started with S. Oh, his first name. Okay. But anyway, Stacey. they have an offensive line. Stacy, Stacy, Searles? Yes. Stacy yes. Searles. Oh, wow. Yes. We exposed him. We yes. just exposed him right here. I oh, remember all, so. Now, he may have had a beer or two. I don't know. I'm not, again, alleged he had a beer or two. I can't but remember, I remember what I ate for me. dinner last night. And I remembered the name of a, uh, I remember the name random of, Auburn. Of, of a random Auburn offensive lineman in 1987. So all I really, gave you was, I'm really getting all, old. I, all I gave you was 1987 Auburn lineman. And here we just, we're playing super password with this shit. I like it. Um, So, but anyway, uh, the, by the way, for those who do listen to the podcast, and we were trying to remember the guy who did transfer from Auburn to Alabama, it was Rondy Gibson. Rondy Gibson Rondy was your Gibson. answer. Yeah. But I think Dennis um, Deason did the same thing. He, I'm going to have to look. I think he did. There was an offensive lineman named Dennis Deason from Vestavia who signed with Auburn and transferred to Alabama. Yep. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but Rondy Gibson was more high profile. Yeah, I mean, and I remember Gibson because he was, was more high profile. Yep. Yeah, he returned a kick in the yeah. Iron Bowl. I remember. That's yeah, all yeah. I remember. True. Um, okay. I want you and I both are founding members of the Crimson Country Club website, and people yep. can go check that out. It's a lot of fun. And I, I got to put, I got to talk about this for a second. One of our posters said, okay, now that we have this image and likeness thing, here's some endorsements we probably missed because this thing has just now <laughs> come to fruition. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to read these and feel free to chime in if you want to. David Palmer, he could have had a, uh, a tagline that said, I should have called Yellow Cab. Not, not McKay Losher could say, I've ridden on exercise bikes at every Alabama practice for four years, but none compared to the ones at Gold's Gym. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Roy, Tur- Roy Turner says, I waxed the dude, but go see the folks at Bebo's next time you need your vehicle detail. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> Rolando McLean says, use, oh insert any product or business here, or I will kill you. <laughs> uh, and then I had to chime in with a few. I said, Mike Price, Mike Price says, check out Arity's Angels. Trust me, they're no angels. Also, they have convenient ATMs on location because Lord knows you better not use a credit card. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good, but Mike Price, I think it, it, the new rule wouldn't really apply to him. True, but it still, it still works. It's still funny. It's Chris, still funny. Chris Caps, come on oh, down to Turnstile Junction. If you need new, <laughs> used, or antique turnstiles, these prices will make you spin. Uh, Joab Thomas could have said, Come see us at the Superstore for our Saturday specials. I mean, it's not like you want to watch football or anything stupid like that. <laughs> uh, how about, let me see, so there's some other ones on here. Um, a- Anthony Bryant for the Calf Master. That's pretty good. Sean, <laughs> uh, he could have sponsored Centrum Silver and Depends Triple XL. Uh <laughs> And how about George Wilson for Wolverine boots? Steel toes aren't supposed to work. <laughs> Do our fans still remember that about him losing his toe in the hunting accident? Our fans still remember that detail? I do. I remember it because remember. it was um 
who was it? Sports Illustrated had a line about that because there was a guy on the offensive line that they said was too fat to play. There was George Wilson, yeah. and then Wilson. there was um, yeah. and the, he was the, the he was the gimp. That's what it, 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 it was the, the gimp. It was like the gimp, the blimp, the gimp, and the something else, and the wimp, and the, the wimp. wimp. That's right. That's right. I think they were talking about how small Toby Shields was. That's right. And they said the blimp, the gimp, and the wimp. That and that line was funny. That was a good Sports Illustrated line back when. It's funny. Well, we still remember it. That was written in that was written in January of 1993, and we still remember that paragraph. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I do remember George Wilson. By the way, a very successful physician for our yeah. uh, fans that don't know that. Well, let me, let me tell you what he's not specializing in: pedicures. <laughs> If he is, he's half off. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Well, it's you're 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 getting you're getting Chris Caps and George Wilson and all of mad at you. Yeah, let me tell you this. what. Even with half a foot, he'd kick my ass. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> he was tough. That was he a good was offensive tough. line. If you think about it, that offensive line was really good because not one, not I guess Roseville Patterson was like a fifth round pick, but he yeah. of the Raiders, but he did not have a long NFL career. And none of the other offensive linemen, and I remember that offensive line very well in 1992. Matt Hammond at left tackle oh, yeah. from Fort Payne. George yep. Wilson was a guard. Uh, John Stevenson was a highly recruited guard from Memphis, Tennessee, and Toby Shields at center. That was our offensive line. And and all we did all season long, won a national championship by running the ball. And, and we had, what, one decent pro prospect in Roosevelt Patterson. And we were still able to win a national championship running the football. So uh, and and superb defense, but I think John Stevenson went to the Baylor school in Chattanooga, didn't he? But I, he I think was he was from, from uh, Memphis. I think he was, he was from, from Memphis. Memphis. Uh, there's some which which private school has brothers in the titles? That's brothers? Christian brothers. I don't That's think I was. think he went to. Are you sure? I think he, because I think a friend of mine. Brothers. Well, yeah. I'm gonna have to look this up now because a friend of mine we went go. to um went to the Baylor school, and I remember he, he was trying to re- trying to recruit him. Um. I'm gonna type. I'm just gonna Google it real quick. Ah, nothing's coming up. All right, you guys are just gonna to have to bear with us. We'll we'll deal with this next time because we're running out of time. Um, so George Wilson and Chris Caps. I'm sorry again. I just you know we're all teasing here, guys. Uh, try not to <laughs> beat my ass. I mean we're all we're all friends here. We're all friends. We um, all we all bleed crimson, and Luke in particular is about to find out. <laughs> we bleed crimson, and and my broken bones are white. So I guess that means something. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. That's well, tomorrow's the uh, prediction show. Tomorrow's the prediction, prediction show. show? Hey, let me tell you. Yeah, prediction show. We're gonna still going to do a prediction show, uh, you know, for, for other games, especially the ones that are relevant to Alabama's playoff chase. And let me tell you already, I got 24 hours to figure it out. I'm not sure who I'm picking in the Georgia-Florida game. Georgia's favored by five and a half points in that game. I, I, I don't know straight up who I'm picking to win the game because I think Georgia's the better team. But to date – this season in 2019, Florida has played better than Georgia has. So I, I, I'm not sure. Florida, Georgia, and and as bad as they are, uh, I'm not sure who to pick in Mississippi State, Arkansas, or who to pick, uh, or I'm not that, that damn sure South Carolina is going to beat Vanderbilt as bad as South Carolina yeah. was last week. So yeah. there's some tough games to pick. I think people ought to tune in uh, as we have uh, 24 hours to figure this out. I'm right there with you, man. So y'all have fun in uh, Raging Cajun country and roll tide. Honoring Philip Doyle. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Driving over here, honor Philip Doyle. That's that's why we're going. Pay homage. I like it. Roll tide, buddy. Roll tide.